0: Hello everyone, welcome to Radically Loved Radio. Today, I'm so excited to introduce two of my favorite girls. Shalane Flanagan is an Olympic medalist, four-time Olympian, American record holder, and world-class marathoner. She finished second at the 2010 New York City Marathon and has ran the fastest time ever by an American woman at the 2014 Boston Marathon, completing the race in two hours, 22 minutes, and two seconds. Elise Kopecki is a chef, food writer, nutrition educator. She's a runner and she is a proud mother of sweet little Lily. She's also one of my longtime yoga students. And I got the opportunity to catch up with both of them uh, when I was visiting Portland just a few days ago and they are just such incredibly inspiring women. They just wrote a New York Times bestselling book called Run Fast, Eat Slow. And this is a conversation we had about their journey to writing this book and providing this collection of awesome recipes for athletes. Here you go. Me about. The book story. I knew about it like when you guys were had the proposal and I was so excited. And
1: what did I say when we were at
0: Prasad? I'm like
1: You said we would get on the New York Times bestseller list. And I said no way. Really? She had that foresight? <laughs> Rosie knew.
0: <laughs> and what happened, ladies?
1: <laughs> huh. We did it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: what is it? Num- we're number two, well, we're in week number two, right? Of uh, being on New York Times bestseller list? Two weeks. Two yeah.
1: weeks. We so w- the book launched three weeks ago, and now we've been on the New York Times bestseller list the last two weeks. And we've and up were- from
2: 10 to number four, right?
1: Number four in the food and diet category.
0: Yeah. Number one is right around the corner, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so that's really exciting. So I couldn't put the book down, and I've already made probably 60% I've not gotten to 100% but 60% of the recipes and they're just so they're so great and I think mostly what was so exciting for me is to have a book that was specifically for runners in a very sort of uh relatable way right so what what whose idea was that
2: (laughs) well we were having a nice home-cooked meal and the idea of what Elise was sharing some like kind of like mind-blowing information to me, which you would think here I was like an Olympic athlete, I would know a lot of this stuff, but unfortunately I didn't. Um, And she was sharing some of the information that she learned um, just being abroad, um, living in Switzerland, and then also having just come back from culinary school. And some of the information just like I said, blew my mind. And I was like, kind of had this epiphany. I was like, I was like, Elise, you can't just share this with me. Like other people need to know (laughs) this. Like there's so many people, so many runners, just so many people wanting to improve their lives through running and just being active, but are doing it completely the, like the wrong way. And there's a lot of, you know, thinking if they can, if they run a lot that they can eat whatever they want. Right. That was like a concept that a lot of runners have. Mm -hmm. They're like, well, if the fire's, you know, burning hot enough, it can burn anything kind of mentality. And, um, And when she was telling me some of the things, I was just like, we can't just keep this to ourselves. And that's when we were like, we should write a book, kind of half-heartedly joking, being like, oh yeah, that would be a great idea. And then we are like, we sat on that for months though. We didn't really move forward because I think we just didn't have the guts and like the kind of the courage. But I think over time we built up the courage and I think it took a little pestering from like our husbands being like, no, you guys should really do this.
1: (laughs) An entire year went by of us just text messaging back and forth, like sharing ideas for um, cookbook, but I like never actually thought we were gonna do it. I just thought it was like a fun idea to to dream about, and then after my daughter Lily was born, I was like, no, like I, I need to do this. Like I quit my other projects, and I was like, if I'm gonna spend time away from my daughter, it's got to be doing something like really meaningful. Meaningful. It's gonna help other w- women, not just female athletes, but um, men too. Yeah, and you were training
0: for the marathon, Shilin. You were training. Yeah. Right? Or you were training for the Olympics. Well,
2: so it started three years ago, but yeah, I mean, I, I compete all year round and I have various goals along the way. And so I think like I just come back from the world championships on the track and then I was preparing for Boston and Berlin. And so I kept like a train, like a food journal right. and just kind of, we tracked what kind of foods I was craving while I was training. And then at least helped, you know, create some just beautiful recipes based on what I was craving and what I needed when I was training hard. And so that's where a lot of the inspiration comes from is what we were just consuming every day, and she was just making it tastier and healthier and just getting more nutrients in, but it was kind of a perfect time because, yeah, Elise has had, you know, really an awesome career with Nike, and, um, but I feel like her having Lily allowed us to have the wiggle room to be able to do this because I couldn't have been able to do this like had Elise not sacrificed um, some time to be able to commit to the book because she certainly committed a huge chunk of time to this project.
0: Yeah, that was a big commitment having a new baby. What was that like for you?
1: Um so I started writing the book when she was 3 months old. Um so Lily has spent more time in the kitchen um in her first 2 years of life than probably most kids spend in a lifetime, but that's been that was definitely the biggest challenge with the book was being nursing and having, I kept her home with me for the, she didn't go to daycare until she was 14 months old. So she was home with me. I had, I had definitely had help, um, from grandma and other, um, our, our awesome cookbook assistant. She was there like either helping with the cookbook, helping with the baby or helping (laughs) with my crazy dog. Um, so we had, I definitely had some, some awesome support and help, but, um, the most, while it was also the, the challenge, it's also been the most rewarding experience part of the book is seeing that Lily now is two years old, and she's grown up eating the foods that are in the book, and she has oh. the most amazing palate, and she just really <laughs> is it. like yeah. She
2: like the other day I was in Bend, and Elise had made our beet hummus. Yeah, oh my, um, my
0: favorite. Yeah, my ultimate. I was just gonna say the beet hummus yeah. is just my favorite. Yeah. Yes. and
2: her two-year-old just devours it. First of all, the color <laughs> is kind of like a mind trick. I think because yeah, it, it's totally. magenta, and yeah. so pink is like just so cool. And um, so we had it the night before, like, prior to dinner as an appetizer. And then in the morning, Lily woke up and was didn't want breakfast food. She wanted beet hummus and was just devouring, like, beet hummus in the morning. And I was like, who has a two-year-old that eats like this? This is amazing. So, what about the yak sticks? Yeah, oh, yeah. And then we went to go for a hike, and she would not... She refused to, like, save the yak sticks for the middle of the hike, you know, as, as a treat. She had to have, like, the yak sticks on the way there. I mean... They're really like an expanded palate beyond most two-year-olds.
1: Nobody <laughs> knows what yak sticks are. but um, they're Explain, yeah. please. One of Shalane and listener. I's favorite ranchers um, out in Bend, he has a an incredible property with bison and yak. He does grass-fed um, meats and he uses every single part of the animal. And that's like when Shalane and I think about buying meat, like, we really emphasize quality and buying local, mm-hmm. and we don't eat meat every single day, but when we do eat it, we, like, really respect that we're using every part of the animal, and so, um, he makes these incredible, like, jer- they're like jerky sticks, but that uses like, the organ meat, which is so healthy for growing toddlers and, and for anyone, so Lily's like, obsessed, and she calls them yak sticks. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's great, that's a great name for that, yeah. <laughs> and that she enjoys them is even better. Yeah. That's, that's so amazing. You know, one of the things, especially being uh, both of you, you know, being runners, I, I'm so curious as to, you know, how you were nourishing before you came up with, with this gathering of incredible recipes in this book, you know, like what were you doing before?
1: Yes. Um, I mean, before I went to Switzerland, I was eating all wrong. I was eating the standard American <laughs> diet, um, the and, sad diet, yeah. <laughs> sad diet. Yeah. Um, I was eating what I thought was healthy, which was low-fat processed foods. And um, for example, before I moved to Switzerland, I was eating veggie burgers. And then when we moved to Switzerland, I was eating grass-fed ground beef. Um, in the U.S., I was eating like fake butter. And then when we moved to Switzerland, I was eating real butter. And all these foods that we had learned to label in our country as bad for you were actually like it was made me stronger and happier and healthier than ever before. And that's what. Um, was a turning point for me, was seeing in Switzerland I could eat these indulgent foods and be just as strong and fit and feel even better and more energized and not gain weight and um, I realized like I was all along of my 15 years of running competitively, I didn't have enough fat in my diet and it had really, I had really suffered with injuries um, and then also had had doctors tell me I wouldn't be able to have a baby someday, um, but no doctor ever told me just to eat some butter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's yeah. great what and I know
1: that the book largely emphasizes
0: the importance and you guys talk about the clean food, you know, eating clean, so especially with a standard American diet, right like most people aren't eating like that, you know, so what sort of what do you think is the most important thing? about eating clean foods is
1: Um, so I think that the most important thing is that a lot of the majority there's 600,000 packaged food items on our grocery store shelves, and I think it's 80% of them have added sugar so I think that's the biggest one of the biggest problems with the packaged foods is then the sugar is hidden in all different forms Um, and the other problem with packaged foods is it creates a lot of the marketing on them or the labels, um, create the perception of health, um, when often, and people have been taught in our country to read nutrition facts like calorie counts and grams of fat and grams of protein and food will advertise that it has 20 grams of protein and someone automatically thinks that's healthy, but that doesn't tell you anything about the nutrient density of the food. So it may have a lot of protein, but if it's packaged, it's likely lacking all like micronutrients and all minerals and vitamins and the, the good stuff that comes from food being fresh
0: yeah you guys were thinking about creating and writing this cookbook you said that we didn't have the the courage or you were kind of like a little apprehensive so mm-hmm. how did you get over that
2: well my background is certainly as a jock so <laughs> i i'm like where, where do i think i have like the wherewithal to like you know help create a cookbook of all things so but I think our inspiration and our like reasoning behind it is was it stronger than our fear of it so knowing that the inspiration for me was not only to help myself and to help other runners but I think we saw a lot of disordered eating in college with other runners and just having an unhealthy relationship with their food yeah and so I think that was that desire to help particularly women, um, overcome that and just show that like, here I am, um, running against the best runners in the world and I have to be really efficient. I have to be light. I have to be lean, but it has to be healthy, it has to be sustainable and to hopefully be a role model. Um, not just with running and to have like another capacity of being a role model and showing that you can't eat well, you can eat butter, you can eat fat. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt like it was just so important that, um, I think we overcame our fear and just said, well, you know, like, we may not know exactly what we're doing, but I think our passion, our excitement for it was going to overcome any, any fear that we had. And we have so many, we had so many people along the way help us. Like we had a lot of resources, um, that, you know, Lisa and I tapped into to be able to get to the next stage and to keep building on the momentum of it. But, um, there was a lot of, you know, (laughs) dead ends. And then there was a lot of, you know, people giving us great advice and, Um, if we were to do it again, it would probably take us half the amount of time that it took us, but um, I think, you know, it's opened a lot of doors, and it's going to be a fun journey to see where we can take it from just even this right now, so.
0: Who came up with Run Fast, Eat Slow? That was uh,
2: Elise's creation, yeah.
1: (gasps) Yeah, I mean, the title is, the title of the book is so important, and uh, um, having my marketing background, that definitely helped with that, but it it just came to me. I was, like, sitting in a coffee shop jotting down different titles, and we had a really bad working title, and I, I wish I remembered what it was. Do you remember what no. it was? No. I'll have to go back and look, because I have you it on, like, should. a Do spreadsheet somewhere, but it was... Our original title was terrible, <laughs> and so I was just, um... Like, I probably
2: came up with that one. No! <laughs> um,
1: we had a really... If we go back and look at this one spreadsheet. Up. We had, like, the funniest, like, uh, original ideas, but, yeah. um... The, the inspiration for the title, I was in a coffee shop just like jotting down words and trying to like come up with something catchy. This was before we sold our book um, and we were I was just working on the book proposal and I wanted like a really solid title for the proposal and I knew that like the publisher could maybe later decide to change the title but um, what inspired me was I'm really into like the slow food movement and just respecting where you get your ingredients from and the planet, um, so I was thinking about that as the eat slow, and um, I was thinking about like slow food and eat slow, and that it means so much more. It's not just about buying local seasonal ingredients. It's also about like taking the time to cook. And then we live such fast-paced lifestyles, and like taking the time to slow down and um, enjoy a meal with friends and family. And and then like it just came to me like the opposite of eat slow is run fast. And for me, the run fast people think like, well, I don't run like Shalane, so this book's not relevant to me. And people love to joke like I do the opposite, I mm-hmm. eat fast and run slow. Um but the, the run a lot of jokes yeah. Yeah. and like <laughs> Schling's husband messes it up all the time. Yeah, he always <laughs> he does. Does. <laughs> he does. That's the
2: word. <laughs> it's like his Freudian slip. It's like what he thinks truly about himself or something. <laughs> what <the heck>? <laughs> <laughs> like what the heck? Half the time I think he does it to mess with us, just to get us upset. Because yeah. we're like what the heck you should it, know. Yeah.
1: Um, but the, the run fast, the run fast not only represents literally running fast, but just our, our lifestyles our, we're all running around crazy. And like, I feel it as a, as a mom who's working and now on book tour, like, thank goodness for Rosie's meditations. So oh, I know stop. how to like come back down, but, um, it's so important. Like this, we believe that like the single greatest thing you can do for your health is to take the time to cook. Yeah, I really love that, the importance.
0: And, and in the book, you guys, you talk about that, you know, and stories. And, and I just think it's so great because it's such a lost art to mm-hmm. cook now, right? Yeah. I mean, it really is. And just the, the sheer bonding that happens when we're in the kitchen, when we're with our friends or we're, you know, hanging out with, you know, kids or, you know, it's it's such a like sweet and, and warm and and connected moment, you know, and, and I feel it's such a lost art, you know, so, you know, another thing that I really love about the book is that I feel that a lot of those recipes are really easy to make and you can use other people to come help you and like have a little cooking party, like when I got the book, Tori and I were just, you know, making some of the recipes and he's vegetarian, so I really appreciate the fact that the book is very veggie friendly. What is the... I know that and we just talked about this now about eating meat um what is the why is it important do you think for athletes to eat meat or do you think it's important for athletes to to eat meat
1: yeah I mean there's definitely people out there who can thrive on a vegetarian or vegan diet as a top athlete Mm -hmm. but it takes a lot of work and you have to eat foods in the right combination and Mm. Um, you have to take in a lot of grains and beans and eat them combined. And um, a lot of people don't have the digestive systems to handle that amount of like fiber. At I know least. personally, least I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and so some for some people, it works that have incredible digestive systems and can do that amount of um, like really fibrous foods. But for other people, like Shalane and I, like we really um, crave meat and feel a lot better when, when we're eating it. Um, but we really respect the yeah. meat sources and yeah. um, we eat it as it's more like a side dish versus like a big hunk and hunk of yeah. like, we don't need like a, th- uh, a pound or a pound size um, yeah I
2: notice if I don't eat meat like I've tried to just maybe like cut it out a little bit and just go a little bit more veggie heavy and you know beans and greens but I find that I'm just really hungry still and I don't feel satiated so like mm-hmm. I'll eat it eat something and then I'll be like I'm still really hungry but if I include meat I feel satiated and 'm not nearly as hungry, and I hate the worst feeling for me is going to bed and being like middle of the night, waking up hungry, and that's the worst, so and I need my sleep and so I'd rather just have you know a piece of steak and not feel that way so
0: what what sort of advice can you give for athletes out there who are going to benefit from reading this book and trying these recipes? what advice can you give to these athletes that are that travel a lot
2: like mm, you travel yeah. a
0: lot right it's
2: tricky yeah it's all about like planning ahead and kind of having some go-to snacks to bring with you um i always bring like if i'm gonna go compete i always bring my oatmeal and kind of supplies to make my oatmeal because mm-hmm. um, there's nothing worse than getting hungry and getting stuck somewhere and like forced into eating something that you don't want to eat because you're just ravenous so you know we have some some uh, like some recipes in the cookbook that are great for traveling. Like I always make a batch of my the Giddy Up energy bars, having those on hand. Um and also like when I travel I'll look up grocery stores and what's gonna be nearby my hotel and I tend to eat like at grocery stores quite a bit. If the you know the supply of
0: restaurants aren't optimal, then I'll just resource at the grocery store. Yeah. Well that's I think that that's like a really great, great thing to do when you're traveling anyway, especially when you, if you're on a road trip or something and you like drive through a food desert, yeah. it can be really challenging to go get food at a truck stop. Yes. Um, so I think that yes, planning ahead is, is super key. Yeah. What sort of, what at this moment with what's happening with the book and this journey that you guys have taken together what do you see happening in the future for uh, Run Fast, Eat Slow?
2: I don't know. It's we were, kind of unlimited.
1: We were just grabbing a tea mm-hmm. and coffee before coming here because we had a little bit of time since our TV interview was so early this morning. Um, but we see it as more than a book. Like, we really want it to be a movement, and it's just happened naturally. Like, we're so, we love seeing how people are sharing their food photos on Instagram, and it's inspiring other people to get in the kitchen and cook. Um, so just to keep that momentum going, and um, as we go on tour to all these different cities, like we want to encourage people in the crowd to keep sharing their photos and teach other people how to cook and eat real food. And...
0: Yeah, I think that that's it's so it's so incredible to be able to make such a big movement like that. And again, just the importance of what you were saying, how especially in society now everything is done fast. Like we do everything fast. We need to get to this place. We need to do this appointment. We need to eat while we're driving. We need to like everything yeah. is just so sense and with social media everything is just social you know overload you know like external overload so I think that putting the focus on something special like feeding yourself right Mm -hmm. and nourishing yourself really it's about nourishment is is super important um how have you been able to manage your home life with all your
1: busyness Um, I've definitely been eating faster than I (laughs) care care to admit. Um, it's, we try to like emphasize in the book, like balance, like it's not possible. Like I've been on the road in New York and like I got stranded in Seattle for like four hours and there were no food options in my terminal and, um, I had already eaten all my snacks, (laughs) but, um, you know, it's not always like we want to just emphasize, we, we, we never want our way of eating to feel like a diet regimen. We always want people to find balance. Like it's not possible to. Um, be on the road traveling for work or um, to cook whole foods from scratch all the time but if the majority of the time when you are home you you are doing that Mm then um, just that's really important but for me definitely this has been a challenge like this is my first time being in front of the media and having like tons of social media and um, being busy all the time so I'm going to start doing getting into meditation, as long as Rosie keeps sending me some good meditations, I think that's going to really help me stay grounded during the the tour, especially all the public speaking.
0: Yeah, well,
1: which, I mean,
0: there's been a lot of media, you guys have been traveling, I mean, you guys were just in New York not that long ago, right?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a fun pace switch for me, because... When I go into my training mode, like for example, for Rio and for the Olympics, it's about three months of dedicated training and I call it my monk lifestyle, which sounds great to a lot of people. You know, it's very much the same things, very monotonous. It's run, eat, sleep, run, eat, sleep. And um, some people would probably look forward to that. But to me, towards the end, I crave the social interaction. I crave um, the lack of monotony and just something different every day and new experiences. So for me, it's been a really fun change of pace and being able to interact and meet more people because when I go into my hibernation like and hibernation training mode, it's, it's pretty monastic and just same thing every day. Oh. I mean, yeah, you're right. It does sound to me. I'm just like, that sounds sounds amazing. (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean, if you'd see my life, you know, I'm up in the mountains and, you know, running in these beautiful scenic (sighs) places. But, um, but at, towards the end, I definitely, all the athletes start to crave just, um, just more interaction and more just variety in our life and a little more balance. It's very much one, one goal, um, and singular.
0: Does, so what do you do to unwind? Like, what's the big celebration?
1: (laughs) Well, Schling came to, to Bend for the weekend and got to experience the chaos that is my life. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, my two-year-old.
2: <laughs> Elise is doing an awesome job. I mean, she does so much for our cookbook and is handles a lot from the media and our fans. And, and then on top of it, she's got an awesome two-year-old that is high energy, and a dog that's high energy, so, um, no, but she's living in Uh the most beautiful, like, seriously,
0: one of the most beautiful places in this country, so, um, she's got it good. (laughs) That's really great. What, what is currently inspiring you right now? I'll ask you both the questions, (laughs) so Elise first, please.
1: Um, I'm just really inspired, I knew our book would make an impact, but I didn't know how big of an impact, so I'm just really inspired by the emails we're getting from fans, by speaking at events and having people stand up in the crowd and say like this book has changed my life and hearing stories like um this past weekend i was at a awesome running retreat with a bunch of women and at first they didn't know i was the author behind the cookbook and then when they found out they were all coming up to me and just sharing like how they had read the book and were inspired and had started to cook and um one girl told me like um her husband said like he's never eaten like he was so thankful because his she's cooking now and he's never eaten this well in his entire life and he's an elite athlete and um, so just the stories that um, of women and, and men too that were reaching and helping and that they're already like so dedicated to cooking real food and feeling the health benefits right away.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, <laughs> Chalene,
2: yeah I think originally my inspiration was to help younger women like the college age and high school and I feel like we've definitely... Um, reach that kind of group of of young women and you know seeing how you know they're going to be getting together and they have like cooking parties, so they're taking time to like cook together and they're cooking these indulgent meals and they're not skimping on the fat and the butter and so having a positive impact in exactly the area that inspired me behind the cookbook I think has been the most rewarding and seeing that it's, they're having a healthier relationship with their food, you know, um, when we spoke in Ben, some woman stood up in the crowd and was, admitted that she had an eating disorder and was, like, really grateful for the cookbook and the message we were sending, and so knowing that we're just having maybe just a little bit of an impact, you know, in, in their daily life on making decisions, um, to, like, nourish their body, just makes me feel so good about it. Oh, that's so great. Yeah.
0: And I'm inspired to run another marathon thanks to the cookbook. So I'm excited about that. I will be documenting it uh, on social media probably because I I literally just wanted an excuse to make all those recipes (laughs) and eat them all at the same time. Not at the same time, but at the same time.
1: Yeah. We'll have to make another trip down to LA to come cheer you on. Yeah. Yeah. Yes.
0: And I want to thank you both for coming and for joining me on this journey and what i'm trying to create and what i'm trying to bring to the world and women like you are so inspiring for uh women like me and you know people that listen to this podcast i think it's so important just as women too you know to to show the sheer dedication and the devotion and the strength and the courage that it takes to create a movement because that's really what you guys are doing it is a movement you know, it's not just a cookbook. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, there definitely is a lot of heart behind what you guys are doing. And, and I know that if people read this book, they can feel that and they know that. And, and I think it's just, it really is a huge gift to us. So I want to thank you both for that. Thank
1: you. Um,
0: thank you. That's really incredible. So uh, one final question. Uh, and I'll, again, I'll ask you separately. Elise, what do you radically love?
1: Oh. Um, radically so um, I radically love my two-year-old. I have always been a career-focused woman and like being told over the years as an athlete that I may not be able to have children someday, I kind of just built that up in my head like, uh, that's fine, I'm focused on my career, I don't need kids to be happy. And then when I made this switch to the healthy high-fat diet and was able to overcome the what I was suffering from, which was athletic amenorrhea and um, realized I could have a baby. Like when Lily came into the world, it was like the greatest gift of her ever. And I never imagined I'd be like such a crazy like mom that loves every aspect of motherhood. And she brings me like endless joy and she teaches me so many like life lessons. So I'm like just radically in love with being a mom. And it's weird for me to say that because I was always like, I never really understood like why someone would want to be a mom and now I am that person. Um, and Shalane has to he listen to me on all of our trips talk, talk about my t- toddler and my husband's always like, make sure you don't talk nonstop about Lily. Like no one wants to hear it. But I indulge you. I always ask yeah. you to send me pictures of her. She grows but so she's, quick. She's just like endless endless energy and joy and like I just love it. Oh, I love that.
0: So. Shalane, what do you radically love? Um, That's
2: a... That's a really cool question. Um, I think I read this somewhere and it really resonated with me. And I think I even told it to Elise like last weekend. Um, I radically love living a life where you wake up and you're excited and nervous. Like if I like being nervous because you're so much out of your comfort zone. So there should be something, maybe not on a daily basis, but... Something that gets me super excited to jump out of bed and almost even nervous because it's challenging and those challenging moments I think just make life feel a little bit more alive and a little more worthwhile So that's why I loved taking on this book because there are moments where I'm like, this is scary I don't know what I'm doing Um, But feeling more alive because you're doing something um, That's so challenging that you get nervous for it. Yeah Wow
1: that's awesome Shalane yeah. always has these like profound words. I know I'm just like, oh this I is so good <laughs> she I I always like the whole time writing the book I was always like channeling Shalane like she <laughs> like what um, she has, say? All, <laughs> no. has always inspired me over the years like watching her running and her dedication to running and like she can push her Shalane is the toughest mm. woman I know like she can push herself to absolute extremes and like writing the book like burning the midnight oil and being being up early to like get work done on the book before lily would wake up like i'd always think of shalane like well i'd rather be behind my computer writing this book than running 25 miles (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) well thank you ladies both for this uh time and for uh indulging me in my endeavors and for creating a, a beautiful book and an incredible movement and I am so excited. I can't wait to see what happens in the future.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. It's such an honor. You've been my absolute favorite yoga teacher. <laughs> stop. I'm like telling her to stop. I'm like, "Don't, you don't have to do that. I'm paying no, but her." Serious. No. no, no. I'm, but seriously. I'm but seriously, like um, it was it was really hard for me to find a yoga teacher that suit my style and I'm sad that I moved away to Bend because I miss you and I want you to come to Bend <laughs> and do a retreat with me. I will. <laughs>
0: to be announced
1: (laughs) thank you so much we
2: love you rosie oh thanks guys
0: thanks everyone for listening to radically loved radio for more information you can go to radicallyloved.com. you can follow me on all the social media outlets instagram at rosie acosta twitter at rosie acosta love radically on facebook and i'm sure there's a bunch of other things that i'm not mentioning but i'm sure you will find them if you're looking for them thanks for listening